Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tom Bellingham's hotel room. It is 4.14 in the morning. I've already been to sleep about four hours ago and woke up to the glorious sounds of Formula One cars out on track. Uh, now, we're obviously very, very lucky, Tommy, to be in such an amazing hotel room, which actually has uh, a view of the track. But my goodness me, I can't quite process the fact that cars were on track until four this morning. Yes, uh, particularly as we'll get into this, we were some of the rare lucky people that actually got to see it because everyone else was forced to go home, which is absolutely shocking. But I'm sure that rant will happen later. It certainly will. Uh, of course, we were actually at the track for, for free practice one. Um, and we were, you know, hopeful for some bit of carnage, bit of chaos. Uh, but it was um, chaos, but of the different kind. Um, shall we get into the question first or shall we discuss uh, the issue that arose quite very quickly? It's up to you. Okay, you can tell we're completely off the rails with it being 4am. Let's talk about the drain cover because that's obviously the big thing, the big talking point for free practice one and just generally uh, for this Friday practice. I also apologise for my croaky voice. I don't know if it's because I've been to sleep or if it's because I've been ill in the last few days. Maybe it's a bit of everything. Maybe it's because I'm trying to absorb the fact that Formula One has just happened at this time in the morning. But the drain cover, Carlos Sainz going over, and it was, I think, eight, nine minutes into free practice one. Um, and I obviously immediately seeing that with the Ferrari stop on the side of, uh, of the track that, um, that it was a Ferrari thing, you know? Oh, Ferrari was. being Ferrari. Yeah. They're going to bounce back after Brazil, and then boom, Carlos signs after nine minutes is not in free practice anymore. But it was, in fact, because of the drain covers coming up. And, look, I know they can't put Formula One cars on the track. They can't... S- emulate, simulate that, that amount of suction that would come under the car, especially in these, I guess, newer era of Formula One cars with the ground effect and how much downforce is produced through the, the rear of the, uh, of the, or the underside of the car. Um, but also, we've had drain cover problems before. And yes. we had it again. We sure have. I think that almost seems like the main argument of the chaos, but there's a lot more chaos to get into later. But the fact that the drain covers have come up, it's almost like that classic street circuit thing. We've seen it a few times. Um, Baku 2019 is the one I remember. We were also there. Maybe it's us. Um, And I remember that being like absolute carnage in an FP1 session where a a drain cover came up. I think it was George Russell and it obliterated the bottom of his car. Very similar to the science incident. So it has happened before. But yeah, on a new track, you know, it's so much hype around this race, so much build-up, so much anticipation. Hype Everything. From F1, I think maybe yeah, the fans that's true. not so yeah. hyped. Well, we'll get into that as well. Mm. But my word, just make sure that the drain covers 
are sealed. And the solution shows that they weren't and they maybe even can't do it properly. Yes, because they had to use quick-drying cement, didn't they, to uh, essentially yeah. fix that problem. Um, and I also read online as well that the track inspection is supposed to happen 24 hours before um, the event taking place, and that didn't happen, and they had to do it early in the morning or whatever it was. And so within that time frame, it felt maybe perhaps slightly rushed, but that's obviously a, an assumption there. Um, but it's all kind of pointing towards um, maybe, maybe Vegas not being ready, even though it's been... You know, for Vegas residents, very difficult, and they've been here for four or five months building and causing lots of chaos. They still weren't quite ready for Formula One action. They weren't quite ready, but I think it's seeming, it's showing when we had our first podcast about this uh, on the Monday where we did the everything you need to know, and you mentioned like the first thing you thought when Vegas was announced is, how are they going to do this? And I think now it's quite clear that it's very, very difficult. Uh, the fact that they've even got anything here at all is, is amazing. And the fact that, you know, the, the, the fact that now it's 4 a.m. and they're gonna open the roads again, and then we'll be back tomorrow, and then they close it all down again. It, it's crazy. Now, one thing I did want to talk about, which uh, was a press conference that they held with the team principals and um, Toto Wolff's particular remarks yes. about um, being asked around, is this a black eye for Formula One? Um, and I, I've not seen him triggered like this ever. Like the, the amount he backed Vegas and the idea of it and the concept was almost like he was the person that had created the race itself. Like I've never seen him so animated and be like, oh, this is a great thing and, you know, the amount of hard work that's gone into it and this, that and the other. And yeah, I, it, there has been a lot of hard work to go into it, but that's not what the question is. It's the fact that the Formula, Formula One wasn't ready and you have all of this hype and then for them to not be able to deliver a free practice one, to then have to do an FP2 at half two in the morning sending fans home as well how is it not at least a little bruise on the eye exactly yeah toto for me that just screams that he is going to end up in a high position within liberty media and formula one one day and doesn't want to absolutely roast them uh, and the race and toto i can kind of see a little bit of say it was just the drain covers right and yes we've had it before it's not, it's not ideal, but there'd be a tiny bit of me that would be like, because let's be honest, like there are a lot of people, I'm not one of these people, and it's frustrating because I wasn't one of these people, but I think a lot of people want this race to fail because it's like very not, you know, classic Formula One, it's not a classic track, they're going after this new audience, it's very different. Um, and I think people were determined for it to fail. So then as soon as this happened, like people beat up on it. But the fact is, it's not just that. It's the, it, it's the drain cover. Then it's the fact that we didn't know when FP2 was even going to start. Then you had the ridiculous scenario of them just like looking like they're filling the drain holes with cement. Then it took so long. You, you, like you say, you went to bed. I was up like waiting to see when this session was gonna resume. And then the fact that it was taking so long and it wasn't till about 
one o'clock, I think they said it was going to start at two. And then at half one, they just decided, no, you've all got to go home. And I'm sorry, but I, we're very fortunate that we decided, you know what, we can go and we're very like, incredibly lucky that we were like, we can watch it on TV and we get a little view out the window. The poor people that have maybe been here all day and waited all this time have not got to see anything. I had a tweet in a reply that someone said that they essentially drove 10 hours to get here and they've seen nine minutes of F1. Like that is outrageous. Yeah, th this is the biggest takeaway for me as well, is the fans. Yeah. And not, even on just a normal race weekend, you know, you look back to Spa, for example, when it was washed out and you, you really felt for the fans then. This race, this race weekend, the amount, the, the, the price point that Formula One has put this at has priced out a lot of fans. And that is probably one of the main reasons why there is this whole, I want this to fail, because yeah. they are just pricing it at a ridiculous point. Um, but then to, to send them home, like I feel bad because my mum and sister, right, they're, they're here as well. And I was like, oh, look, oh, the tickets have gone down a little bit. So I spent, I think, 300 quid for them to get in and watch practice. It was nine minutes of it. They then put a statement out, uh, Las Vegas circuit, basically in a roundabout way saying, well, your ticket's still valid, so we're going to deliver as much as we can, which is basically jog on if you think you're getting a refund, which yeah. it just sounds typical F1 and typical circuits and trying to um, yeah, ensure that, uh, that they don't lose any money. And especially in this regard, I suppose, because F1 themselves have paid to put this on. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel a little bit of annoyance, but I can only imagine how much further it goes for some of these people, as you say, that have travelled so far, committed so much of their time, their money to be here, and for them to turn around and say, nope, you have to leave now, is it must be gut-wrenching for them. Now, you, you, we were saying before we started recording that there was particular reasons that they decided to do this traffic and whatever. Mm. Yeah, apparently they, they were just the concerns over, like, I think they just said logistical problems that it would, would cause, but... Sorry, is that not the, is that not up to adults to make that decision if they've spent all that money and also will not get probably refunded for any of that experience? Yeah, because I'm sure there'll be a lot of fans that would have just gone, well, I'll take the hit and if I have to queue in traffic for an hour to get home, I would rather actually see Formula One cars that I've paid to see. Um, and maybe this, without going into, uh, maybe this is something we need to go into later, but like... There's not a lot of people here. It's not, it, it's very apparent that, and maybe it's just because we were in the, the hospitality area and it's a Thursday, Thursday night. Um, and maybe particularly in like a hospitality part, there's more, um, more people gonna be there on the sun, uh, sorry, Saturday night, like when, when the race is on, cause that's where like, you know, like people wanna go for that. But the grandstands were empty at the start of FP1. And I was looking at it thinking, this is the first race of 10 and it's empty now. This just shows that they have priced out real fans and the locals. So no wonder like the grandstands aren't anywhere near full. Yes, this question from New Romantic. Romantics. Uh, what was the vibe like at the track in comparison to other races you've been to? Um, now, you know, I think we were both very quick to judge how 
empty it felt. Mm. Um, and, and fairly so as well. You know, some people will go, oh, well, you know, it's a Thursday and this, that and the other. I'm sorry, but Formula One wants to make as much money as possible. This is one day of the three. It's not like, oh, it's a free pass because yeah. you know, they've spent all of this money. They're trying to claw it back by raising the ticket prices and they haven't even sold it for, for, for the first day of the first event of this new modern Las Vegas Formula One venture. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, on one side, I'm like, okay, wow, it did really feel empty. On the other side, I'll sort of wait Reserve, to judge yeah, fully 100%. until I see tomorrow, especially, of course, it being a Friday night and then obviously into Saturday as well. That being said... Um, you know, you say we're in hospitality and whatnot. We're not. We're not in paddock. We're not in the paddock no, club. No. We're just. Uh, we're with Red Bull, with Poker Stars. You know, they've they've sorted us out with an amazing road trip, and then uh, to be able to be here in Vegas as well. And we're just in a thing called the South Coval Zone, which is a massive amount of grandstands and things like that, and the sponsors and this, that, and the other. And, but it's a big area. But we are restricted to being in that area, similar to other people. If they're in the East or West Harmon Zone, they are. It's just like they're imprisoned to that area. I've never experienced that in my life, going to Formula One races where you can't go to another area. Like, we, we really wanted to go to the fan zone. Like, we want to do, like, a meet-up and see some of you amazing people that listened and watched our stuff. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, we could do it at the fan zone or whatever they call it. And we're walking around, all these people with the ask me if you need any help signs. We went up to six of them and none of them knew how to get to the fan zone or if we could do it. So we walked ourselves and they were like, no, sorry, you can't. You, you, you have to be in that area, which yeah. on one side, I know they're trying to logistically work like around. They can't have loads of people milling around and whatever. But on the same side that then takes away from the experience because we're seeing on the screen uh, Ariana Bravo chatting to all of these you know, fans on the, the main stage and whatever, and we can't even get there, which is Yeah, and there'll be, loads of, there'll be loads of fans that have, well, they've watched nine minutes of a practice session and then they have stuff on the screen going like, Gunther Steiner's on stage and all this kind of stuff, and they can't, you, they can't get there, so... One of the help people said, no, that was from yesterday, what we were seeing on the screen. Know, I'm like, no, awesome. they're talking about practice. I know. This is, this is the thing. It just seems like they... At the end of the day, they're, like, they're just doing their job and they're all really polite and friendly, but it was, it was kind of like, can we get there? And yeah, They all they, gave they, us they a different answer. They all gave us a different answer. So, it's very, like, it's very clear there's a lot of teething problems at the moment. Absolutely. To say the least. Because my main gripe is the fact that I want to be in the atmosphere of a Formula One weekend, which is where the people are, which is where the fan zone is. That's what they've been trying to do, like Vegas hype. Yeah, like it's all this amazing hype, but we we didn't really see many people. It felt empty. It literally felt like some sort of test day when we were walking around. It It was unbelievable. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's now talk about uh, Carlos Sainz a little bit more because, of course, he hit the drain cover, sustained a huge amount of damage, having to change many different parts of his, of his power unit. Uh, question from PamCat30. Should Carlos have got a penalty? And should Ferrari and Alpine have to pay for the damage to their cars? It was completely out of their control. If this happened early in the year, it could have affected the cost cap. I mean, it could affect cost cap anyway, couldn't it? It it feels incredibly harsh uh, for Carlos to have, you know, not only have all of that damage, Ferrari having to incur the costs, but also having to take a 10-place penalty into a race where Ferrari looks so good. Like they look quick, as we kind of expected. And there's this lot, a lot of talk, and you know, forgive me if I'm a little bit out of the loop with it being ridiculously late in the morning, and it's also very difficult to keep up with everything, but there was talk that you know, Zach Brown was on the, on the broadcast saying that there was one team that essentially was against the appeal of Ferrari not getting a penalty. Right. The stewards and the FIA said themselves in their document that there's no way that they can bend the rules to essentially you know, not give them a penalty. Yeah. So they give them a penalty, but then there's like another layer to it. it, it it's quite confusing, um, as is Formula One. Um, but yes, the main thing is that Carlos gets a penalty. The FIA can't do anything about it, which I think is just complete and utter BS, that that's even in the rule. Well, yeah. it's not in the rules that if an an outrageously weird thing happens, i.e. a drain cover obliterates a car, that there can't be some element of discretion in order to just be like, no, that, that's clearly not deserving of a penalty. Yeah, true. But I do, I do kind of get where they're coming from, that even though it's incredibly harsh and it's not his fault, it could open up a weird precedent where how do you judge things that is their fault and then it could open up a can of worms of like oh you know a marshal dropped a flag and someone ran over it and then do you like claim for that and all this other stuff so then it could start to get a bit a bit messy and don't get me wrong I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that Carlos isn't the most unlucky driver in this weekend um the fact that Ferrari are looking so good and it, it just had to be a Ferrari, like the car that is looking so great around here. And we did say in our predictions that we thought they were going to be very good here. And it looks like it's the case. But the fact that he's starting with a 10 second penalty already, which ten isn't place. his, sorry, 10 place, 10 second would probably be better knowing their speed. But 10 place, um, yeah, is is pretty bad. Yeah, I would, I would say on sort of reflection of your point there is that I'm sure there could be a way of writing into the rules like a track defect or something like that. Like I know that you, I know what you're trying to say is if it's too open-ended, and of course F1 teams are going to try and jump through a, a loophole as they always do. But I, I also fail to believe that there isn't a better solution than than what because it just feels so unsporting for for, for for Ferrari to have incurred what they what they did. Um, so yes, pain as always for Ferrari fans. Yeah, I mean. We'll just get into FP2 in general, I guess, because that's where we actually saw some cars we did. driving. We did at half two in the morning. Well, yeah, as you say, one of the yeah only people to actually see it out of our window. Um, but 
Of course, it was broadcast. We thought for a long time that actually it probably wasn't even maybe going to go ahead. Maybe they were going to do some sort of super practice tomorrow. You know, all mm. kinds of things, which I thought would maybe have been better somehow to, mm. to maybe not have run as late as they did. Not just from a viewing perspective, but also as a sending drivers out at half two in the morning till four in the morning to be driving. And I, there was one point, Charles Leclerc, bless his little heart, going on the radio, I think it was uh, seven minutes to four in the morning, getting caught up behind Zhou Guanyu going, oh, is he still awake? Maybe he's not, you know, something like basically yeah. questioning whether, I was like, oh, Charles, come on, let's, let's, <laughs> let's have a slight bit of, you know, um, uh, just feeling for, for other drivers that perhaps are, are struggling just a tiny bit. It wasn't even that bad of a holdup. But um, that was my main gripe was because if, if they, one of them had a big crash and then they came afterwards saying, well, yeah, I was just absolutely knackered then that opens up a whole other world of what kind of decisions are you making. I know they want to do this at night because that's when Vegas obviously looks amazing, all the, the neon lights and all that kind of stuff. But a few people have made a good point, and I thought the same when I saw the scheduling. And now, of course, it's even worse because we're later in the day that essentially you've got a Formula One race that, uh, a Formula One weekend, uh, so like today's running, is no Europeans could watch FP1 because it was on at stupid o'clock. And then it's not even a good time for the people that are actually here because it's on at four in the morning and everyone's like absolutely knackered. I know like Vegas is the place that never sleeps, but they couldn't even see it anyway. Like the fans weren't allowed to be there. So it just shows that it's kind of like absolutely uh, insane. And yeah. Uh, it was so bizarre to be hearing Formula One cars and to be on this time zone, like hearing them out the window at half three at night. Like, what on earth is yeah. going on? Because you mentioned, you know, at the top of the uh, the podcast, we're saying that you know, I went to sleep at about, I think it was about half past midnight and then set my alarm, I think, for quarter to two. And I was just checking, all right, what's happening? Oh, they've delayed it, right? 15 minutes news. Oh, they've delayed it, yeah, 15 minutes news. And then I think I snoozed it to like 2.31 or something. And I just remember just laying there and then just going, just hearing, and I was like, they're out on track. It's so weird. <laughs> it's the most so bizarre. bizarre. I've never, ever, ever woken up to a Formula One car in my ears. And honestly, the greatest alarm clock. I have never switched on as quickly in my life. Um, but just the whole thing is just a fever dream. It really is. Um, we've, we've obviously discussed the fans and the fact that they were told to go home 30 minutes before the session was about to start, which I think is the worst part of it all. Yeah. Not just the fact that they were told to go home, but also so tantalisingly close to when the session might have started to then be like, nope. No, I can only imagine the commotion that went on across the track with the marshals having, or you know, the, the, the volunteers having to deliver that message. Yeah, absolutely awful for for all the fans. I can't imagine it was a great... Uh, it was, to me as well, it was the fact that it was so late as well. So there had been so many people that were just hanging around the track. And particularly, as we mentioned earlier, if you can't even get into the fan zone or anything, what, what are you going to do for the next few hours? Uh, well, it was hours and hours. And you sat here waiting only to wait for pretty much the whole day. And then it'd be like right, off you go, we're going to get the cars out, but you're not allowed to watch it. Yeah, because like, it's it absolutely appalling. It, it really is, because 8 o'clock was FP1, local time when it started. 
It then, you know, S hit the fan <laughs> at 8.09, right? And then after that, you're going, okay, well, we've got three hours or you know, two and whatever it was mm. uh, for the next session. But they didn't make a decision, obviously, for many, many hours afterwards. It, it, always, it, it just feels like the fans are always thought of last. Yeah, 100%. And it's always, oh, the broadcast and the money, and this, that and the other. Yeah. And you're thinking the fans, the poor fans, you hype them up, you bring them, come on, bring, use your life savings to come to Vegas. Yeah. Oh, by the way, you have to go now because we're scared logistically that you might not be able to get home. Well, let them sort that out if they want to stay. You know what I mean? You're like, put a warning out, whatever. Uh, Miss Stewarty says, did you get to stay for P2? Well, we've kind of covered that. We are watching in our room in Vegas on ESPN and can hear the cars on track. Not what I expected to get for my money all the way from Aberdeen to watch on TV. I do wonder what their messaging is going to be after this, you know, from yeah. the Vegas circuit, from Formula One, because people were given nine minutes of action now i know there are of course clauses in you know freak things happening and them not being liable to give x y and z back to to fans and and people that have bought tickets uh but i also do wonder how they're going to sort of curve their way around this because they can't just ignore it they can't just put a a statement out when when the, the whole drain cover situation happened and I can see you're on the F1 I'm Twitter account right now. I'm literally trying to find the F1 Twitter account. And they've not said and anything. And they didn't even tweet it, which is actually outrageous. It's just the Las Vegas circuit. Was it just Las Vegas circuit? Yeah, that's that's the one. That's where I saw the statement, yeah. So Formula One didn't even have the balls to put out a tweet to say that you're not allowed to come. That well, is that is That is actually outrageous. And you can't even find and I, can't, I don't even know what the it's fine. official it's fine. But anyway, you get the point. I was, I was trying to find the actual wording of the statement um, just to, to cover what they actually said. But that is insane that Formula 1 themselves didn't even put a tweet out to be like, it's with deep regret, the fans or whatever. Like, yeah, that, like, that's just such a kick in the face to a race that already so many fans have felt like Formula 1 is going the wrong way and is like, kicking like the real fans out the sport or and it's not even like the the real fans like formula one is has every right to embrace new formula one fans but it should be for the right reason it shouldn't be just like who pays the most or or whatever like things like that and for them to not even be able to just have a statement on their own twitter account to say we're sorry like is is actually just outrageous yeah yeah, I'm very peeved that they... I, I thought they would have put something out, mm. but um, alas, they are sweeping under the rug. And as Toto mm. Wolff said, uh, uh, we won't be talking about it, uh, FP1 and free uh, practice. Will we not? Um, no, apparently not, because we'll all get over it. Sarcasm. Um, let's talk about Formula One now then, shall we? An actual what we saw in free practice too. And look, some good news. Ferrari looking good. Of course, Carlos Sainz has been having that 10-place penalty, which is just Ferrari things getting a 10-place penalty before... Uh, any sort of competitive running has actually happened. Um, but my God, Charles Leclerc, Ferrari, looking just like we saw, very fast. I think my one crazy prediction could be looking very saucy because we saw lap after lap after lap and they were building up. And of course, some of that is just getting acclimatised with the track and whatnot. But also, there's definitely something to say about the cooler conditions and the fact it's a new track surface where the, the tyres constantly build up because they just kept going faster and faster and faster. Yeah, they were very, very good. And the fact that Leclerc just seemed to always be top of the session, that was 
what we were kind of joking about that Max does, right? Where he he just keeps doing laps and they're like a second quicker than everyone, half a second quicker. That was Charles Leclerc today. Like the Ferrari just looked absolutely um, brilliant. Uh, and do you wonder how much of that has been the fact that not only that massive straight that we said because they were good at Monza, but the fact that they can switch on the tyres in colder conditions. I think it is meant to even be a little bit colder as well tomorrow. Uh, maybe not as freezing as we thought it might be, but still like 10 degrees or something. So um, that could suit suit Ferrari even more. And then we've also seen, weirdly, like Haas, uh, not like amazing, but like uh, the fact that Hulkenberg was up in P7. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how representative like all these times are because it still looks a little bit all over the place and jumbled. Obviously, you doubt Max would be sixth um, and behind someone like Bottas, but you never know because, um, yeah, it's it's a shame that the race has had to go like this for like all the fans and everything. Um, but if you take that aside and go into the race like and qualifying and stuff it it does look like it still a little bit unknown and and going to be an exciting one yeah I think unknown is probably the the key word for this you know you look at this and of course I'm going to get excited for for Ferrari but uh, that pecking order doesn't look like it's particularly sorted out I think a lot of teams were on different run plans um McLaren looking you know if we're taking this as gospel pretty poor same with Mercedes, same with Alpine, as you predicted. Um, and even Williams not looking that great. But the, the gaps are large. You know, we're talking one, one and a half seconds in that sort of seventh all the way down to sort of 14th. So it, it seems like it's a bit bigger of a gap than we usually see. And, and probably when you look at the track, it's probably not actually, you wouldn't think it would cause that big of a gap between the teams, especially when we have seen such close margins uh, in the last few weekends. Um, question. From Acid Green 19. Ignoring all the shenanigans around it, is the track actually good? From FB2, I'm inclined to say yes, at least better than I had thought before. I mean, look, practice is practice. All we've seen is the cars going round. I think it's a, it's a relief that the track isn't as slippery as we first thought. Um, it's also a relief that we haven't got any rain. And it's also a relief that it's perhaps a little bit warmer than we, we thought it was going to be. Um, so a few things have gone Formula One's way. Um, I think if we'd had Tuesday's weather coming up, which is six degrees lows, that's where we could have had some maybe slightly bigger problems. Uh, but I, I think, look, it's got very similar Baku vibes. It could cause absolute carnage. Um, and look, the tyres the are working slightly differently to what we, we, we kind of under, have seen throughout the season. That could then translate into some very interesting undercut opportunities uh, for drivers when we move into Saturday evening's race or Sunday morning if you're in Europe. Um, so yeah, I, look, the track hasn't, I haven't changed my opinion of the tracks. I've seen it before. I've seen it on the game and it, it, the characteristics look like it could give us a good race. But on the flip side of that, it could also be a Baku stinker in the, la in the last four years that we've had uh, with Baku. Like they, they had a couple of crazy races. That's the ones we remember. We forget about those really boring ones. But for Vegas's sake, they need a banger now to try and, well, sweep under the and carpet the, the chaos is, of, this, of this first I guess day. in that way, Toto is kind of not far off if the race is, uh, you know, amazing. 
it will get because like Formula One just moves on so quickly from things and controversies and stuff. We've seen it at you know Saudi and and Spa and all the, these other things that you know they have a great race and they always seem to kind of like recover from it. But yeah, I, I am still at the same opinion that it did, does just feel very much like Baku, where if it's a boring race, everyone will think it's the worst track in the world. It's absolute carnage. Everyone will think it's the greatest track uh, ever to exist. So I feel like it's still very much looking that way, like it's going to be one or the other. I don't see like a good race. It's only going to be one of the, if not the best of the year, or just so <laughs> boring um, because they're just in a DRS train around all the long straights. Or you get maybe like safety cars and more safety cars and then it's just absolute carnage. So we shall see. Uh, it is 4.45 in the morning and I believe we are wrapping up this uh, rather interesting first video. We did not expect uh, any of this to happen. Uh, I want to say that I'm thinking of absolutely all of you that have uh, come up to Vegas and been so disappointed with that, that first day. And I think just to kind of uh, talk about your point about, you know, F1 gets over these shenanigans or these controversies, sorry, and, um, you know, the outrage seems to always like simmer. I suppose when you when you compare the global audience of people watching on TV, they haven't been affected anywhere near as much as the small portion that actually come to the racetrack. And of course, like, they can only shout as loud as they can. They're a smaller portion of people. Yeah. Um, so, of course, F1 uh, you know, do their best to, to just move on from things. Um, but that, that my, my thoughts are go to everyone that's, that's made an effort to, to come out here and, and, and been treated pretty poorly. Pretty being an understatement, I think. Um, and, yeah, now founding, finding out about the statement not happening as well, it's, uh, I, I just hope they put one out very soon, to be honest with you. And um, maybe they can compensate something at least for, for next year or whatever they can find in their, in their warm hearts. Yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll what see your final about thoughts? that one. My final thoughts are, uh, one, I really hope it's better tomorrow. Um, you know, we, fans can actually watch them running. There are fans, more fans here to, to enjoy it and get to, you know, enjoy it and the... There's a bit more kind of buzz like uh, we were expecting. Um, and yeah, I just, I just really hope that the people that have traveled um, and are able to, to see a lot of action tomorrow um, because yeah, they've been, been robbed of a very, um, you know, what should be a really exciting moment, a new, a new Grand Prix around a, a cool track. And, like I, like I say earlier, like we've ranted a lot, but I may be in the mi minority, but I don't want this race to fail. Like, like it shouldn't. Why? Uh, yeah, yeah why, exactly. You, I don't know why you, people do. Like, if you're a fan of Formula One, of course you want you want the <clears throat> surely you want the sport to do yeah. well. I understand people's grievances, like we've mentioned in the whole podcast, um, and I think as well, Twitter can be, you know, especially a, quite a bit of an echo chamber mm. and can kind of force one narrative. Um, yeah, there, there are a lot of learnings that need to be made. Uh, but for wanting for something to fail, especially when we know it's going to be here for 10 years, mm. it's like, it's not, I don't think it's going to change much. When you think of Formula One as a business, they want this to happen and they're going to make it happen. So for us as fans, we kind of need to obviously force the, force the problems that they've got, voice those. Yeah. Um, but wanting it to fail is probably another, 
another step that I don't think benefits anyone. No, definitely not. Okay, that's it. I want to go to bed. I can tell. Tommy's <laughs> literally falling asleep. So am I. Uh, we probably want to put this uh, camera tripod down before the cleaner comes in in the morning. Otherwise, she's going to be thinking something I can show very something strange. Cool, though, for people watching the video. Been happening in this in this room. And uh, yes, so let's turn off the lights first. Ta-da. We're very very lucky. Thank you to everybody that watches and listens. Yes. We can't believe that we have these views. And um, yes, we'll leave it there. Bye. We're waving if you can't see us. You might be able to with the shine off the laptop. Bye. Bye. P1 is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.